I've been searching for something to give me, you know, purpose. Because I've always been Christian, but not necessarily super, super strong Christian until recent years. Welcome to the Press Toward the Goal podcast. Very excited to have today's guest join me on the show. And we're going to get straight into it because this man is always in a hurry. He finished sixth in the 100 metres at the Australian Athletics Championships earlier this year, aged just 19. Connor Bond, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me, Jason. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to having a chat. You're obviously just starting out in your uh, athletic career. I've been doing it for a while, but just starting to, to get into the big time or the open age events now. Yeah, certainly. Certainly. I mean, you know, started very young. I think I was under sixes or under sevens when I first started, but um, I only really began to get into my stride in recent times, as you know. So, Yeah, great. Really looking forward to unpacking that journey along the way. Uh, something that we do like to do, though, is ask a few easy get to know you type questions just so we can uh, get the audience to know a little bit more about who you are. So do you think you're ready for those? Of course. Of course. Okay, let's go. Uh, what's the most used app on your phone? Did I say two? Go on. Probably it'd be pretty close between Instagram and Snapchat being realized. Yep. yep fair Very enough. close. Yep. Uh, what's something you eat or drink too much of? Oh, way too much, way, way too much sushi. Way too sushi? much sushi. Yep, so, yeah. so, so much. <laughs> well, there, there's worse options. I do get chocolate quite a bit, so I reckon sushi's a bit better than chocolate. I would say so, yes. <laughs> uh, what do you think you would have done with your uh, life if you weren't training for uh, sprinting? If I wasn't doing track and field, I think I'd definitely be pursuing a path in the in like rugby or like a rugby sevens area um i don't know if many people know but before i was a full-time uh you know sprinter i played rugby at a reasonably high level for schoolboy and and some sevens tournaments here and there and i, I would have you know liked to have gone on and played colts and grade for whatever yep but i, I, I would i would have chosen but um you know track and field you know, was presented to me by by God as an opportunity to 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 pursue my faith as well. So it was um so yeah, it became a very clear option to me. Yeah, awesome. I look forward to diving a little bit deeper into that because I have done my research and I do know a little bit about your rugby kind of background. Yeah. Um, do you have a piece of sports memorabilia or an item which you would never be able to part with? You think? Ah. Oh. Yeah, I have, um, it's not with, oh, actually, no, I think it is with me right now. Oh, yeah, it is. So this, this baton, I got, I was given this baton by, there's this bloke at the track called John Wall, and he gave me this baton before I ran at World Juniors, a few weeks before I ran at World Juniors. And this was the baton that, from what he tells me, and 
I um and I went and checked to to I watched the video back on YouTube when he gave it to me. This was the baton that was being held by the USA four by one relay team in the Sydney two thousand Olympics. Wow. Um, no idea how he got his hands on it, but I went back and looked, and um, believe it or not, you watch that video. There is uh in the hands of 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 the greats is is this blue baton with the stars going round on the on the tops and bottom. So I always That's have this sitting up cool. in my room, and yeah, it was it's it's pretty special as well, considering you know um how 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 that first kind of international representation was in the relay and now I've got this as well so it's it's pretty cool that is that's so cool something certainly unique there won't be any others of those lying around <laughs> not at all yeah and you've mentioned there the um american sprinters from the early 2000s uh was one of them your sporting hero growing up or was there someone else funnily enough my sporting hero actually wasn't has got nothing to do with track and field. Um, my sporting hero is my dad. Um, my dad played for Australia in uh, rugby in rugby union, and yep. but he that's him that's him. Um, and he didn't have a very fortunate career in the topic of injuries. Um, and he was he was unfortunately very very plagued by sh- shoulders and knees and, you know, all these different kinds of j- joint injuries. Um, yeah. And he, he had several reconstructions on his shoulders and his, and his back and knees. And something that I find really inspiring about dad is that no matter how many times he was injured, he'd just keep working and working and working his way back to where he was and, and better. Um, and he, he, you know, Year in, year out, injury or not, he'd managed to break his way into the Australian team or, or the first, you know, the Brumbies A team or Sail Sharks, wherever he was playing. He'd managed to put all the effort in, get himself back to where he was before. And I like to take a lot of uh, inspiration out of the way he worked because he was certainly a lot less fortunate than I was um, growing up. And... Uh, yeah, so I like to take a lot of inspiration out of out of the way he went about his career. Yeah, that's that's brilliant, and you've got another famous wallaby in your family as well, I believe. I certainly do. Yep. So Dad's brother, Adam, Adam Ashley Cooper, one of the most cat wallabies in history. Um, it's really cool to be able to say he's my uncle. Um, it's always great. It was always great watching him play when he was still playing. Um, always, you know the. What what did they call it? He's the man of many talents. That bloke, the utility bloke, utility back. Sorry, um, so he, he's uh, yeah, he's really uh, really talented. Two two blokes, those two. Yeah, and so you do have a bit of a rugby pedigree in your family. You did mention you played rugby a little bit earlier. So was it rugby or little athletics that was kind of your first foray into sport as a child? Um. I think I, from memory, I think I started. Uh, I think I started running and playing rugby at roughly the same age. Would have been around that seven, six, seven years of age mark. Um, but I think my first kind of, I was never as good at at rugby. I was never as good at athletics as I was at rugby until later on in my later on in my life. Um, I was I was. I was very 
very happy. I, I enjoyed playing rugby a lot when I was when I was younger. Um, as I got older, though, that kind of love shifted towards track and field and the community that it that it had surrounding it. Yep. And you, you were at Kuringai Little Athletics, is that correct? Sure was. Kuringai Little A's. Shout out to everyone there. I love it there. It's a great it's a great spot. It's a great community. It's still going even stronger now than it was when I was a young and um which is always great to see. Yeah, that's great. Obviously displayed some level of natural ability in athletics from the younger age, even though you've said you were primarily probably uh, better at rugby. I think you competed at the nationals quite early on. Yeah, sure did. So I, and I remember it very vividly, actually making my first nationals is up in Brisbane uh, in the under tens. I was very, very fortunate. I was lucky enough to be able to make nationals. Just, I think it was schools nationals um, in the tens, 11s and 12s, which I was year four, five and six. Um and that, that, that was great times. And, you know, the friends that I made on those trips, I'm still close with a lot of them today, um, which is, which is awesome. And one of those, one of those boys, um, you know, Darby Lancaster is, he was in my relay team in the under tens and he came third in the hundred and under tens. Now he's playing rugby for Australia in the sevens competition. So. Yeah, that's know. great. So did, did you grow up, um, Primarily in the sprints as well at that young age, hundred meters. That's yeah, event. certainly. Yeah, I did a little bit of long jump in my time as well, and there was a short stint where I was a where I was a half decent hurdler. Um, but you, you'd never see me see me dead running over hurdles any any time nowadays. So uh, strictly, it's I've always kind of been more of a sprinter, um, and you know, getting to this age where you kind of got to pick between all the events definitely stuck with what I thought my forte was so yeah so what what sort of age was it where you had to make the decision between athletics and rugby I was very recent mate it was really recent actually um it would have been what's 2023 now so right at the start of 2022 so just yeah just only just over a year ago um after I'd left school I'd been playing um I've been doing a lot of pre-season with Eastern Suburbs um East Suburbs Colts great bunch of boys down there um but i uh i've been as i I think as i uh around that time i I started to really um excel in my sprints um because i I dropped my time from 10.9 to 10.5 in a couple of months in in the in the months where the pre-season was happening and getting selected for that world world under 20 side uh for me was the indicator that i had to you know if I wanted to take this seriously and pursue this word under twenties, then unfortunately playing rugby is just too, too risky and too high chance of getting injured. Um, so I had to make the decision then. Um, but might I add as much as I miss rugby, sometimes I'm very, very happy with the decision I've made. Um, Athletics doesn't really have the profile that, that rugby has in Australia, obviously a lot more money in rugby, was it simply the love of the sport which kind of forced your hand to choose athletics over rugby? Yeah, um, I'd I'd say so. I'd say it'd be a lot of that, and then a, a bit of it as well was to do with with my faith. Um, if and if if you allow me to go into that very briefly, um, absolutely. Essentially, I I got to the point as much as I loved rugby, I got to the point where 
I, I've really found a love in that kind of year, that end of 2021, start of 2022 year in, in that, with that group of under twenties with Caleb and Jai, um, Seb Sultana, all those Ryan Tarrant, all those boys in that kind of group there. Um, they're, they're all sprinters as well, aren't they? Same age. Certainly are. Very close. Certainly are. And these are all the people that went to worlds with me in all these relay camps. And I found that I found that I found the, I really found a love in, in that the, the fact that we were competitors for 10 seconds, but best mates the moment the race finished. Um, and I think if you watch my under 20 final from last year, you can see after the race finishes, like everyone's, and I say, I mean, everyone, everyone is hugging each other and congratulating each other. And, you know, Caleb was just as excited about Jai running 1028 than he was about running 1030, 32 or 33 or whatever it was he ran. And Ryan Tarrant was just as happy that Jai won than, than, you know, he was for coming forth. And it was things like that, that really um, pulled me towards it. And as well as that, I'd been searching for something to give me, you know, purpose. Cause I, I've always been Christian, but not necessarily super, super strong Christian until recent years. And it was watching, watching Nicola McDermott at the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. Um, and the way she, she represented not only the country, but also the kingdom of God and what she believed in. That's great. Um, and it was something like that, being able to, to represent such a symbol of hope and, and of, and of greatness, I suppose what she was doing was super inspiring to me. And, and that as well, um, like the way that I thought if I get good at that, now I can spread his message as well. Um, which was, yeah, so that was super inspiring to me as well. And I think it was a combination of both the love for the sport, but also the love that I can represent something I believe in so so strongly now at such a a, a high level um, is very, it's, it's very nice to be able to do. Yeah, that's fantastic. And Nicola certainly is a great role model. Um, it's the, I, I found it interesting there you talk about leaving rugby and concentrating on athletics and it was almost the team element of being in that athletics group where you would see athletics more as an individual sport yet you got a lot out of the team element there that's oh, yeah. that's an interesting dynamic is are they your training partners or something as well it's almost ironic um isn't it the way the way that that's kind of worked out for me um because it seems like it should be the other way around yeah um but yeah, so so Jai Caleb and but now as well, you know Josh has a party, um, who I've been mates for a while. My friend Godfrey Okarenyang, um, lots of people, you know all the open relay boys, um, the junior relay ones from last year. Like I, you know, we all live in different states and and all that kind of stuff. But when we're together, it's a very tight knit group. And something that I'm seeing more and more as the years go on is that track and field is becoming less of a, you know, everyone's pitted against each other at all times to at, at the Melbourne track classic, for example, in the call room, everyone was just having a yarn about 
anything really. Like we were talking about races earlier on, who won the long jump, this and that, what's going on after after the race is over. We come out onto the track, you know, we focus up, run our race and afterwards, congrats, you know, well done, good race and it's back to being mates again. Yeah, um, that's – it's left, I've, look, I've got a lot of questions actually about what you've just said there. Um, the first one, you've mentioned the – 2022 the uh world under 20 world world championships that was a kind of a turning point for your uh not only your focus deciding that you wanted to focus primarily on sprinting but also you had some amazing results last year is that right yeah thank you and yeah i was i was very happy with with the way those uh races up at uh sorry up out at at cali turned out yeah in, in colombia that's so it. you you uh, dropped a lot of time off your 100 meter PB last year. Mm, a lot as um 10.9 to 10.3, I went in that season, which was really uh was really cool. It was really cool. Yeah, that's phenomenal progress. And you know, like I I did mention in the introduction, you're only 19, so still quite some way to go in terms of your development. And really, the the sky's the limit for what you can achieve. But you were you were tenth in the one hundred meters there at Cali in the world under twenty championships. Certainly, certainly, and um, you know, I missed out on that final by point oh one. Um, the 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 times in between, I think it was me and six or seven. No, sorry, six, fifth or six, from memory, it was there was about point oh five in between wow. those you know five runners, and three of them were in my semi final. Um, but I wasn't disappointed, you know, because I ran a PB in the semi at a world champs meet as well, which was, um, you know, there's de- like, I could not have been more happy with, 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 with that race and, and the way it turned out. So mm. with, with the, with the world championships there, you, uh, what were your expectations of yourself going into that meet? Honestly, I didn't have any expectations of myself. And I think that played to my advantage. Um, looking back and after talking with my coach and, and the, the, the team coaches who were there over with me, over there with me, sorry. I think knowing that realistically there was no, like I had nothing to prove. Um, there was no real pressure on me to perform exceptionally well. Now, naturally, it's world champs and you want to perform well and there's always going to be a little bit of nervousness and you don't, it's not like you want to run like 10, eight when you know you're capable of 10, three. Um, but I think knowing that I had nothing to prove and going out there and, and enjoying where I was and enjoying that, that God had led me to this place to further, you know, to further, increase my my enjoyment for the sport and, and what I'm doing I think I took a lot of comfort in that and it's it really assisted me in, in running as well as I did yeah and what what's the PB now still 10-3 still 10-3 I um I rec- recently I equaled it at well at sorry not what at the uni nationals up in the Gold Coast I ran a 10-3-0 wind assisted 10-3-0 but I equaled it recently um so as of yet still 10-3 but um yep like you said before, I've, I've 19 and, and first year in opens and I've, I've still got a lot of work to do um, to get to where I want to be. 
but I, I I've got time, so I'm in no rush. Yeah, is the what the one hundreds your preferred event over the two hundred? Because I do know you compete in that as well. Honestly, I I actually like the two hundred more. Um, okay, and that's a bit of a me thing. Honestly, I couldn't tell you why I like the two hundred more. Um, I have a better PB in the two hundred than I do in the one hundred in terms of like um, world ranking and how much points it's worth. Um, only just, but I do. Um, I don't know. I think something about the race is just, at least for the for where I am right now, the weaker part of my race is kind of that first thirty, and for some strange reason, when I run two hundreds, I have a like a pretty for my for my like standards a pretty half decent first thirty. I don't know why. <laughs> I've got yeah. no idea why. I wish I could figure out why as well and apply it to my <laughs> hundreds. But yeah, I, I guess I, I, I like both of them equally, but I always tend to perform better usually in the 200s. So Yeah. So, well, I guess the sprinting, whether it's the 100 or the 200, it's it's over like that, roughly 10 seconds oh, for yeah. the 100, 20 seconds for the 200. So the, the start is so important and... Um, what what do you kind of do to get in the right mental frame of mind as you as you're kind of approaching the blocks? Is is it something where you're completely zoned out to everything else going around you, or do you do you try and soak it all in and build the hype kind of with the crowd and everything? How does that work for you? It's a great question, um, and honestly, I think it changes a little bit every time. Um, in when I was at the World Under Twenty Champs in Colombia it was, I wanted to soak it all in and really become like part, like become like one with the atmosphere and, and, and all that. Um, and that worked really well for me at the time. Um, but then going forward to nationals this year, um, I was, I was very like stay, like my head and my body stays in my own lane. Um, and I, I like when I when I do my um, practice style, when I'm walking back to the blocks, I always do a very short prayer uh, just in my own head, um, which for me just calms down a lot of mental yeah. noise if I have any. Because um, usually I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty relaxed. Um, obviously, like, there's, there's nerves in the stomach that no one can really avoid. Um, but usually I'm pretty relaxed. But if there ever is any mental noise for me, just a really quick prayer just calms my head down and reminds me that I just need to be grateful for the gift that I've been given. Um, yeah. And that really helps me calm down if I ever have any, you know, like chatter going on up here. Half a second, your race is over if you're half a second behind out of the blocks or anything like that, isn't it? Oh, certainly. It can, it can make a world of difference, unfortunately, but it's the way of the sport. Um, so you got to train yourself to be able to – not make those mistakes. Yep. And what what does the uh, athletic season look like in Australia? What period of the year does that run from? Um, so I've just I've just recently finished the main part of my season. Um, so usually, depending on who you are and when your coach wants you to open up your season, um, I think athletes tend to open their season around November ish, and it goes through nationals is usually around April. Um, mid-April and 
depending on whether or not it's an Oceania championship season, if you run well enough in nationals, you may a few months, maybe a month or so, a couple of weeks later, run at Oceania's, um, which is April, May, June, May, around then. Yep. Um, so it really depends. And obviously those top, top, top tier athletes such as Nicola and, and Rowan, Rowan Browning and athletes as such um, will go on later in the year and do all their international stuff. So, yeah. So it's kind of on the summer season, summer certainly. in Australia and then the Northern hemisphere summer as well for those guys. Yeah, certainly. I think the, uh, the, the USA is just starting to open up their outdoor season now uh, from what I understand. So, yeah. Yep. And what, what does a typical training week look like for you? How many days, what sort of set number of sessions would you do in a week? Uh, so for me, I tend to do three to four sessions on the track per week, depending on what time of the year it is. Um, so for me right now, I've got a relay camp coming up with the open team. So I'm still kind of doing like a three track session, but higher intensity a week like just practicing on that top speed work um because you know got to be in shape for the relay but during the off season when i'm not really competing i'm just kind of get my base in i i'd like to do four sessions a week on the track and all around the year i tend to stick to two gym when i've uh when i've got gym going on excuse me um and those can be on whatever days that like, it tends to kind of alternate between Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Um, so yeah, just whenever I feel like running, honestly, in bet- on, on those set days. Yeah. And, and do you train kind of for an hour or two hour session, morning, evening, do you fit um, it around work? And I believe you're studying. Yep. I am studying. I'm, I'm at Macquarie doing a bachelor of cybersecurity and media communications. Um, yeah. So my, I'm fortunate enough the way uni works is each semester I can, I can choose when my classes are. So I prioritize my track and field over everything, which I'm sure not a lot of people, including my parents would agree with, but (laughs) um, I I do tend to prioritize track over most things. So uni and study usually gets shaped around my training. Um, And fortunately enough, my boss at work is the assistant coach in my squad. So we work very closely together. Um, and usually 99% of the time, my shifts, I work at Barker college and when I coach, it's nowhere near when I train, it's usually in the mornings and I'm an afternoon trainer. Um, so it, it, it works out quite well for me. Yeah, that's great. So you've mentioned you're obviously training quite a high level competing at worlds and things like that. You're studying, you're working. Um, how do you juggle your time? And you're a 19 year old guy as well. There's a lot of other things in the world that um, have, has appealed to yeah. everybody, but especially a 19 year old, how do you juggle your demands of training and everything else with um, being a 19 year old kid? Um, surprisingly, it's, not as it's like it's not really as 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 bad as um it might seem um you know i i kind of organize my uni days just do on the days where i'm not training just two just days where i'm just in uni the whole day and i can get all my work done um and yeah you know work is 
it's early mornings and, you know, not many people I, uh, I know my age really tend to, uh, want to hang out at, at seven, eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so, so, um, it's not usually too much of a fuss, but I think training, you know, as, and I'm sure you would have heard it yourself is when you want to be good at something, um, you got to have, you're going to have to make sacrifices. That's um, and I think the biggest, in terms of social life, like a lot of the time I kind of say to my friends, if they want to hang out, well, I'm training from here to here. So I'll either come later. I'll just stay home because, you know, like, and you know, like you said, I'm 19 years old, so it's, yeah, I want to hang with my friends, but it's not like we're running short on time. Um, and I'll have moments like I'm about, I'm about to go into the off season, um, like properly into the off season in a, in a couple of weeks time. Um, uh, so once that happens, I'll, it'll be a lot more, I'll have more time for social stuff and all that. Um, but like I said before, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate as it doesn't really fuss me a whole heap. Um, so Yeah. yeah, pretty fortunate in that sense. I guess that you're so focused and that's what makes athletes to the high, high level like you yourself are competing at. Is that sole kind of focus on the end goal and whatever it takes to get there, you're willing to make the sacrifices. Oh yeah, certainly. And I think a thing as well is that especially in Australia, if you do athletics professionally, then you have to love it. Um, and I think I can, a lot of my fellow like sprinters at least, um, can agree with me when they, when, when I say training and gym and being at competitions, like I really, I really do enjoy it. And I love, I love the sport. Um, training for me is, is a, is a outing. Like I look forward to training. That's good. Um, I look forward to going. Cause obviously in my squad as well, like I've got friends too. And, um, and then I'm, I've got a very close bond with Mick, my coach and, and David, who's the assistant coach in the squad. Um, and, and my friends in the squad as well. I have a very close bond with them. Um, and it's always like, it's, it's still social going to training. Um, and I enjoy my time there as well. Um, and that's just what makes, you know, I guess that's kind of what separates a lot of, a lot of people is, is that love for the, for the sport, the love for training and that love for the grind. And I, I think that's the great thing about athletics in, in Australia as well, is that I think you find a large majority of people enjoy all aspects of, of track and field. Yeah, that's great. If it's not a chore for you, then, you know, you just say, like you said, you know, you just love doing it. It's what you choose to do anyway. Um, oh, certainly. Yeah, with, with your uh, background, your father was a wallaby, your um, uncle, famous wallaby as well. Um, have you ever felt any pressure um, or kind of forging your own path in sport or has there been kind of any anything where people have referred back to, to your family or, you know, you have to follow in your dad's footsteps or anything like that? It's a good question. Um, fortunately enough, not really. I think my dad... I love him very much and, and my uncle, I love him very much. And both of them are very, very supportive of, of me just following what I want to do and being happy in the, the, the goals and, and the dreams that I pursue. And I, it's the same thing for all my family, my mum, my grandparents, my uncles and aunts, my sisters, they all are very supportive of me, which is fantastic. Um, But, but that, with that being said, I think, when I was young, I always, 
and when I was young, it was that period kind of when the Wallabies stopped winning Bledisloe Cups. And it was kind of that period for however many years where we had a great team, but we weren't winning Bledisloe's and we weren't doing incredibly in World Cups and Six Nations game. Oh, sorry, Six Nations and the Tri Nations and the Quad Nations. And, um, and I always said to my dad, I was like, Dad, when I grow up, like I'll win the Bledisloe Cup and bring it back to Australia and, and all that and all that. And um, I still, there were times when I was choosing, when I was in that process of choosing track and field, I like in my own head, I'd be like, I don't want to let dad and, and, and Adam and mom, and I don't want to let them down by choosing something that they weren't, I, I don't think, you know, they would have really been expecting me to choose, but yeah, that's, that was all in my own head. Like, cause when I talked to them about it, they were like, well, honestly, like we kind of saw this coming for like the last two years <laughs> and I gave you the space to make the decision yourself. Oh, for sure. For sure. That's like great. they, they knew like they've always known and I've always been very supportive of me doing what I love. And they've always known that, that in, in, in that time leading up to those, what under 20 champs that I was enjoying my athletics that much. Um, they figured that eventually it was going to come to the point where I had to choose. And I think they both knew I was going to choose track and field when, when the, when it, when it, when it came time to decide. Yep. Uh, what, what does the future hold? You said you're going to participate in a relay camp uh, in the next few weeks. Is that for a specific event, which is upcoming? Yep. So the, there's the Oceania relays that's going to happen six or seventh of May. Um, which will happen up in the Gold Coast, the Gold Coast Performance Centre. Uh, I think that's just an opportunity for just national teams in Oceania to try and post a time with uh, the Budapest World Champs coming up. Um, yep. With recently working with the 4Y1 Relay um, and, and, and the Athletics Australia team there who are um, a great bunch of people, um, might I add. Um, I think it's become a very clear goal that we really, in Australia especially, we really want to increase the performance of relay teams. Um, it's very, very, we think very, uh, very confidently that we have the capacity to do well at that world stage and we're just trying to work our way up to that. Um, so, yeah. That's great. So you, you were sixth in the 100 at the Australian Athletics Championships just I think it was about three or four weeks ago now, the start of April. Yeah. Um, so you you will be pushing for a spot as part of a relay side going to the world championships. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm. Uh, I would love to be to be part of that of that of that squad that that potentially goes and competes internationally. Um, but I've got to prove myself to the coaches and the rest of the team first. And that, that'll be, you know, through all the means at the, these coming training sessions and, and meets coming up. Um, but the, uh, the, the, the group of, of, of athletes who was going to that camp is a phenomenal group of athletes and a very, very good bunch of blokes as well. Um, so anyone who gets chosen in that team will perform fantastically. Um, and I've got so much faith in every single one of them. Um, so yeah, it's yeah. exciting. That that that's really interesting. The the kind of dynamic between 
um, a relay race and an individual 100 because I imagine you're doing the same thing. You're running as fast as you can, obviously, but mm. there's also the transition with the baton and everything like that. So it may not necessarily be that the the four or six fastest guys go into the squad. Is that how it works? You need to impress the selectors with some other elements as well? Oh, certainly. I think at the end of the day, like you might be able to run you might be able to run nine seconds in a hundred meter, but if you've got the shoulder mobility, you know, that like poor shoulder mobility and you can't get your arm up to the right position, reaching behind, it will put selectors in a tough spot, um, which is a given of course. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's, it's four by 100 meters, like the, the and the, the relay legs, obviously that your individual hundred meters have a big part to play. But those changes, like so much time can be made up in those changes. And I've seen the data, you know, week in, week out when I've been on these camps in previous times. So it it's it's obviously, and, you know, it's clearly very important that you have to be good at those changes as well. Um, but at the same time, the whole point of these camps is so you can get better at the changes. Yeah. Because like, as you would know, and, and as you would know, the the individual hundred performances, those, your own individual legs in the relay, that's your job to work on at training at home. Yeah. Um, and, and the change practice, that's, that's what happens at these camps. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. The technicalities involved. It's not just as easy as run full, full gas. And mm. um, that, that's what makes a relay, but those changeovers obviously vitally important. Um, did you have any sort of uh, goals or ambitions, anything you've got on the horizon that you wanted to share with our listeners? Uh, got a lot of goals. I have a lot, a lot of goals, certainly. Um, and a, a lot of those goals are, are very like they're personal goals, you know, that yeah, there's the, there's the, the kind of typical hundred meter sprint one, which is just get faster, keep breaking my PB. And I think for me in the next year, my goal is to make my PB in the 10 twos with legal wind. Cause I've run a, I've run a 10 two with a wind assisted at ACT champs earlier this year. Um, so I want in the next season, I want to drop my PB to 10 two, um, which I think is a very achievable goal. And I think in the next 12 months as well, a goal for me is definitely to make that top six for the relay squad. Yeah. Um, like I said before, I've got faith in all of the other relay members, uh, to do a fantastic job, but I would of course like to be in that top six. So that that's another goal for me. Um, yeah. and I think those are kind of over the next 12 months, those two main goals are going to be made up of a lot of like smaller ones. That'll be kind of projected towards that overall 12 month kind of thing. Yeah, brilliant. I uh, put out a shout out on social media earlier this week for some listener questions, and I've got a few for you. Oh, lovely. The, the first one comes from Russell Hansen on Instagram, who asks, what do you eat on race day? It's a great question. Russell Russell's um, the coach of my good friend, Lockie. So okay. He's, he's a great, great bunch of blokes, those guys. Um, on race day, I am a... No, I'm not a very big eater. Um, I couldn't tell you why. Um, I know that it's very important to eat on race day because naturally you can't 
perform at your best when you're on an empty stomach. Yeah, Um, no fuel. Certainly. Um, My breakfast usually is the same as I have. I have wheat bix, honey, and banana every single day. One Uh, of my favorites too. Every single day. It is a fantastic (laughs) breakfast. Um, So usually that's my breakfast. Um, Depending on how far away my race is, I might throw in a protein shake as well. Um, Shout out to my sponsor, True Protein, for providing me with that that top top tier stuff. It's always great. Um, Getting close to the race, depending on, like I said, depending on what time of the day it is, I might have like a Vegemite sandwich two hours before. Um, but usually after I have breakfast, my day just consists of fruit, like plums and mandarins and apples and bananas. And sometimes I'll have like a hot cross bun or a cheese and bacon roll. But after, after breakfast, it's usually just water and Powerade or water and electrolyte or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Zach Frampton sent a question through on Facebook about strength training. He said, do you lift low reps with max weight or more volume type weight training for sprinting? Interestingly enough, uh, I don't really lift a lot. Um, My strength training is very based around the mobility. Um, It's coming from rugby and genetic being genetically gifted with a bit more muscle mass than I'd say most sprinters my height would have. Um, my mobility is something that I've always had to work on uh, more than other things. So my strength stuff is based a lot around hip back and, you know, just extension mobility, um, which is from what I understand, very different to a lot of um, sprinters. I don't like, I don't squat. I don't do um, deadlifts. I don't do a lot of I do some Nordic hamstring curls sometimes, um, but I do like, it's, it's a lot less conventional, I suppose, than what, what most people yeah. are doing. Interesting. Uh, one from one of my previous guests on the show, Lani Withnell has asked on Instagram, how can one be as fast as Connor? Lani is um, a friend of mine from my squad. Uh so could have a question from her. I'm just blessed with I'm just blessed with the gift to be able to run fast, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm thankful for it. And I I say thank you to the Lord for it every single day. Um, so it's just all all thanks to the big man upstairs, and I, I owe all my gifts to him. That's great. Uh, how can people follow along on your journey? They want to keep a track of where you're progressing and what you're up to. Um, I do keep up to date with a lot of my training and, and, um, stuff like that on my Instagram, um, which is my handle is Connor on two underscores, Connor underscore underscore bond. Um, so a lot of my stuff goes up on there. Um, well, a lot of it, basically all of it goes up on there. Um, and I've just kind of post just little updates, some reels and bits and pieces and what I might be competing at next. Um, so if they want to follow along, then that'd be the place to head. And I finish every episode of the show with the same question. How does Connor Bond want to be remembered? That's an awesome question. Um, 
I think I want to be remembered as someone who can be looked up to by athletes who want to pursue a career, not just in athletics, but in any sport that they want, but they might not feel like they have the facilities for it. Maybe the facilities in the sense of another sport is calling their name and they might be questioning whether or not they do that or this, or maybe they feel like they're not fast enough just yet or not good enough just yet. I want to be remembered as someone who just like them, I like two years ago, three years ago, I was not very good. I was, my PB had been like 1095 for about two years and three years and being real honest with myself, I wasn't really, I was, I was a nobody. Um, I was just another, another guy making up the numbers. Um, but what I want to represent is that you don't need to be running big times and you don't need to be representing Australia to be able to pursue what you want. Um, if you enjoy it and you have that love for it and if it makes you happy, I want to be a symbol that shows that anything can be achieved with that love and that with that love and 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 commitment to doing what you enjoy. Yeah, and being so young, you got a lot of time to to build that as well, don't you? It's it's exciting. It's exciting yeah. for sure. Well, I I certainly look forward to following your journey. It's been great to have a chat with you. Connor, and uh, all the best at the relay camp. And I look forward to seeing your progression uh, individually, but also what you can achieve um, and the impact you can have off the track as well. Mate, thank you very much for having me on today. Um, very much appreciate appreciate you having me on your uh, your your show. And uh, mate, thanks again, and God bless. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Press Toward the Goal podcast. Take a minute to give us a rating and review on the podcast app you're currently listening on. Make sure you follow us on Instagram where the handle is Press Toward the Goal, all one word. You can also find us on YouTube where unedited video recordings of the conversations featured on this show will be posted. Thanks for your support and I look forward to sharing another conversation with you soon.